Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. No one ever thinks about the crew below the decks. They're drinking and they're partying and having lots of sex. They cook and clean and serve the rich with a smile all day. But when the richies leave the ship, the yachties get to play. Yo ho, yo yo ho, yo yo. We're heading up the gangplank and going down below. Bravo! Hey guys, welcome back to another Gangplank Report. We are talking about Below Deck Mediterranean episode eight and Bravo called it wine impairing and we are calling it, we want to wine, W-H-I-N-E because I have a lot of gripes about this episode. And here is Jen for your rapid recap. You are not alone, my friend. Okay, Natalia and Storm clear up the confusion from their night out with a handy little tool called communication. I have to eat my conspiracy theory words because the slide has arrived. Dave is finally done with the gaslighting and Tosh uses the opportunity to make him look uncooperative to Sandy. Kyle falls head over heels with a preference sheet pick. Courtney may be Sandy's new Malia in a non-toxic way. Natasha ignores yet another conflict between Kyle and Nat in favor of texting love notes. Jason and Storm aren't even in the same section of the library, let alone on the same page. Kyle steps right up to the line on the border of unprofessionalism with his flirting and maybe slips a toe over it. Dave told Natasha he was doing a buffet-style dinner, and she ignores him and insists on taking things out one at a time so she can do a wine pairing. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I have lots of gripes about this episode. I might as well just start with the most obvious one, which is Natasha and Dave. As I'm sick of talking about this, but it just keeps getting thrown in my face. So I'd rather just get it out of the way and be done with it until Mm -hmm. we talk about later in the episode when their entire dinner service goes sideways. But this entire conversation between Natasha and Dave, she's getting ready to get up. She realizes she's not making any headway with him. He says to her, look, I know I deserve better than you, which I'm sure stings a little bit. It's not like she doesn't deserve it. And I don't know what she was attempting to accomplish with that conversation, to be honest with you. I feel like he's been communicating with her and she's been not so communicative with him. So I feel like she's just projecting on him about all of this because it seems like he's just resigned himself to the fact that they're clearly not going to work out. And so he's just trying to get through and she's just making that insanely difficult. 
Yeah. So she's getting ready to get up and leave and Sandy walks in and all of a sudden it turns into a much longer conversation, I'm sure, than Dave intended or wanted. And all of a sudden the captain's involved now. And it almost felt like she was ratting him out for not playing her game. Almost? (laughs) I would not even give her that grace. It flat out... Throwing him under the bus. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Completely. 100%. Because he had just finished telling her, look, I'm a professional. Nobody's going to make me not do my job properly. That's not going to be a problem. And she makes it look to Sandy like he doesn't want to talk. No, he doesn't want to talk about your personal stuff because he's done with you. He wasn't talking about he's not going to speak to her, period. Literally, he said, I'm tired of pussyfooting around you. I'm going to just do my job. And I think she was mad that her little games, her back and forth and toying with him isn't working with him anymore. He's just done. He just wants to keep it professional, not flirty and do his gig. So the second she had the chance to throw him under the bus to Sandy, she did it. And I think it was deliberate. I don't give her any grace in this at all. She made me so angry. Yeah. Look, there's not a lot of nice words that I can, there's no nice words I can say here. So I'm just going to stop myself because I have a feeling that majority of people that watch this episode feel the same way as me because it was just frustrating to watch. Poor guy, leave him alone, do your job. Yeah. And I feel like she's turning into the next, was it Lara who spent all of her time on her cell phone texting her boyfriend? No, that was Magda in Down Under. I'm sorry. I get those terrible stews all confused. (laughs) They all just run together. Yeah. The way that she has gone about icing him out, it's almost as if she's timing it for right at the point where he's over it, where he's done. Well, now I'll communicate with you. Now I'll talk to you and I'm going to show like I want to be friends with you. But on my terms. Right. And she even said, this isn't what I need for my energy right now. Screw your energy. I don't care about your energy. You just broke my heart. Why does he have to care? I want to throat punch her energy. right now. I I just can't. I can't with her. I just can't. You've done nothing to deserve him being anything but cordial to you in a working environment. Which he's done. If he was being like really rude, I would get it. Yes, the comment he made about that he deserves better wasn't nice. It was kind of rude. And his drunken texts were rude, obviously. But in the working environment, separate from their personal relationship, in the working environment, I have not seen him be rude to her. Not once. I've seen him be overly helpful, even to the point of sacrificing his own direction to give her what it is she wants. Yeah, I don't see this improving. I feel like she's trying to ice him out so that he leaves and then she doesn't get in any more trouble with her boyfriend, as we see at the very end. Yeah. Where she's like, my boyfriend is having trouble with the fact that I'm still working with Dave. Where are you going to go? Yeah. Well, leave the You guys are contractually obligated to be there. They're not going to get rid of the chef because you're upset, boyfriend. Right. She can leave. That's the thing that's frustrating to me. If he's upset and that matters so much to you, you leave. 
Okay. You go back and make sure that your cheater ex-boyfriend now boyfriend isn't continuing to cheat on you and has less time than you do apparently to answer back. Did you see that text? Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't text you as much as I'd like to. So (laughs) she's the one who's making all of these texts happen because he's saying, look, I don't have time to be texting you this much. Ah, I can't. Okay. Let's move on before I blow a gasket. (laughs) Okay. So at least there was a little bit of an apology from Natalia. That doesn't mean that I excuse her blowing up on storm at their night out, but at least she recognized the fact that she was not acting like a supportive friend slash partner to him. Right. The previous night and tried to resolve it instead of allowing it to fester or making it more his fault. Mm -hmm. Like Natasha's doing. I did think it was weird that she said, you know, I'm still going to keep going with this because I couldn't figure out what he did that was dropping like a hot potato kind of activity. That was weird to me, but I'm glad they talked it out. That's how grownups do it. Yay, Natalia and Storm. <sighs> so then this next group of guests show up and we saw a little bit in the previews that there might be some trouble afoot with this group because of the crew. Mm -hmm. specifically Kyle, but I was even shocked at the behavior that I saw displayed. I mean, when the producer says, you know, some people could say that you're acting not terribly professionally and he goes, me, I'm saying that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like at least he's self-aware, but he's still going forward with it anyway, knowing that it could get him in a lot of trouble. I think that he knows where the line is. I hope that he knows where the line is. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to cross it or won't cross it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Wanting to cross it is one thing. Actually crossing it is another. I didn't feel like until he sat down with them on his break, that was the first time I felt like he crossed the line because the flirty banner, we've seen that a ton. We've seen it actually go further than that in the history of the show. So that didn't phase me very much, to be quite honest. But when he sat down with them, that's when I'm like, okay, your toe is right there on the line. Your big toe might be over it. Stand up. But he didn't. I mean, we've seen other instances of guest and crew flirtation. You know, mm-hmm. that happens almost every season. Yeah. We've seen some crew cross the line. Like Danny got fired for it. Mm-hmm. For making out with the tilted kilt chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we saw Hannah with the text messages, but there was nothing that happened while they were filming that we saw. Right. No, that was all Detective Bugsy. Right. So maybe the text (laughs) messages were a little inappropriate, but there was nothing physical that happened that we were privy to during that season. So she didn't get canned for it. She did get a slap on the wrist, kind of. Right. And more public embarrassment from her crew than anything else. But I'm hopeful that the standards will not be shifted because Kyle is an LGBTQ plus member. Mm -hmm. If the rule is the rule, then it has to stay the rule for everybody. Right. And so I'm hopeful that he's not going to get away with some of this behavior without any repercussions or reprimand from the captain because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I get that. I don't assume that that's going to happen. I think if there's anybody who's a hardliner about rules, it's Sandy. 
people can say a lot of things about her. Some of the rules that she hardlines on actually have wiggle room and she chooses not to use it. So I'm not too worried about that. I want to see the kiss in context, but I still think that it was in the context of a peer pressure, like do it, do it. And it was a peck, not anything romantic, not like stealing away from the rest of the crew and guests for quiet time together. So we'll see what happens with it. I don't want to assume that he's going to do the wrong thing. I like the guy. I think he brings a lot of fun to the show. And I do think he knows what the line is. I do think he knows he's already behaving unprofessionally, so I don't think he'd push it further, but that it's more fun to talk about it and speculate about it, and maybe something could happen after he's off the boat. That's okay, right? I mean, yes, it's a gray area. I mean, we've seen guests meet up with the crew after their charter is over, Mm -hmm. so maybe that has something to do with it. Right. But from what I remember, that was in broad daylight that that kiss happened or potential kiss or whatever it was that happened. That's the visual I have in my head. I like Kyle. I think he knows his job. I think he knows where the line is. I also think he has a very wicked sense of humor when he said he was going to pack his bags in case Natasha fires him. I don't think that that's going to happen here. I don't think Natasha's paying attention enough to fire him. That's true. And from what we see in the preview, she's participating in it. So she would have to fire herself too. Right. No wonder Natalia loses her mind. And that's another question though. Is it any less proper for Natasha to be hanging out with them than Kyle just because Kyle is in their community and Natasha isn't? Or is it the same thing? In that context, if they are supposed to be working, taking care of the guests, then hanging out with them on the floor... Mm-hmm. Or sitting on the floor, hanging out with them in a social situation when they're supposed to be doing their job is not really, I mean, there's lengths to it, right? So my season, the production team told me that Dave and I were going to go out with the guests on the very last episode because it was their last night. It was the very end of the season. They were like, go ahead and get dressed up. We want you to take them out and show them a fun time. Like, that's not typical but that was more of a forced situation not that I had a problem hanging out with them by the way but that's less than normal the more normal thing was what we saw earlier in the season when Dave and Eddie went out with the guests and just kind of made sure they had everything they needed stayed in uniform just like any other outing taking him around on golf carts doing that kind of thing there has to be a line between your professional and your personal right And that's where we see these lines blurring with Natasha and Kyle. Yeah, well, and some of that, again, is from the previews. So we'll wait and see what happens. But I guess my main thing is I don't want to assume the worst of Kyle because he hasn't given me reason to assume the worst of him, unlike Natasha. So I'm not ready to predict that he's not going to be the pro that he's shown me he's been borderline this episode but this is the first time i'm not a one strike and you're out type person well but if you're also hanging out and flirting with the guests as opposed to doing your actual job that is gonna turn sideways yeah and we're starting to see a little bit of that true speaking about not doing your job what was your take on the jason and storm debacle that happened all throughout that day i think jason's days on this boat are numbered i concur 
I think that he's getting himself into a spot where he has no support because he hasn't built up any bonds with anybody on this boat that we've seen, Mm -hmm. especially with that deck team that's otherwise very cohesive. You know, Z and Courtney have worked together before. Storm and Z are good friends. So I feel like he's probably feeling like an outsider. I mean, he said that a couple of different ways, Mm -hmm. but I think by him being combative, it's only going to make his own situation worse. And my guess is that one of two things will happen. Either he'll choose to leave on his own because he just doesn't feel welcome or some kind of a situation happens and that's an excuse to get rid of him. Yeah. Well, what sent me off of his side, because I was I wasn't really defending him last week, but I was able to see from his perspective, being an introvert, I could see. So I wasn't excusing his behavior, but I at least understood it. Where he lost me this week was when he said, I don't have a problem with authority. I just have a problem doing something when I know there's an easier way. Well, that basically means as long as they're telling you to do it, how you think it should be done then you're good, but then you're insubordinate if they don't do it your way. That doesn't fly with me. That's not how it works, especially not in a rank system like you have on a boat. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. If you think that there's a better way to do something, you can suggest it. But if you are overruled, you're overruled. And as low man on the pole, suck it up until you can be the person in charge. Just like Daisy was telling Ashley at a point, when you're second stew, you get to make the rules and run it how you want. If you get to boast and Jason, you can direct it how you want. Until then, you do it how you're told to do it. And like Courtney said, you may not always like it, but you do it. It's the job. I agree. And I mean, every season-ish, we see somebody that has authority issues that runs into little things like this. But I feel like him alienating himself is only making it infinitely worse. Yeah, I can't go along with him anymore at this point. Him telling Storm to F off, him ignoring Storm when they needed the extra line to stabilize the trampoline because the wind went up to 15 knots and just swimming away. All of that was just completely insubordinate to me. And Storm actually handled it much better than I would have. I would have lost it. And Storm took it as a challenge to see, well, maybe I just need to find out his strengths and see how to make him work for me. I don't know that I would have been there. I would have been the immediate reaction storm where if it happens again, he's gone. Well, but at the same time, if he's trying to prove that he's a good leader, then just excising somebody from the team right away doesn't look good either. Right. Doesn't prove that he's willing to deal with adversity. Okay. Say you're in the same situation. Do you chalk up multiple instances in a day as a bad day or as a pattern? Hard to say, because we didn't see everything. So there Mm -hmm. could have actually been more to it. Mm -hmm. But again, as a new leader in an assumed role, I feel like he's probably trying to skirt things just a little bit more carefully than somebody who's been there for a little while. Right. And I get that. I'm just team storm on this. So I'm not going to be necessarily as objective as I try to be. I think Storm has shown since the beginning his dedication to trying to learn, 
trying to do whatever he needs to do to be who Sandy needs him to be in the position she wants him to be in. Yeah. I see him compromising. I don't see compromise from Jason. Correct. So far to our knowledge, Storm hasn't said anything to Sandy yet. Mm -hmm. Until that happens and there's some kind of documentation or some major incident that allows for him to be axed from the team, Mm-hmm. You know, therein lies a little bit of an issue for Storm. If he's not going to Sandy and saying, this is the kind of stuff that's happening just so it's on your radar. And then later he can come back and say, look, it's still happening. Right. I mean, give me advice if I need it or let's figure out a different situation. Right. And it's true that you can't, like you said, just cut it out if it doesn't work for you. That doesn't show leadership. So Storm is taking the right tact. I just don't know that if some insolent little punk told me to F off because I tied the wrong knot and I wouldn't admit it, that I would be as kind. But you're right. He's a better leader. So speaking of being better than expected, I have found Courtney to be extremely refreshing. I know you cheered her on during the recap last week. I agreed with you then, and I'm cheering her on even more now. She's really getting in there and trying things that she's not even necessarily comfortable with, but she knows is part of the job. And it does look a little bit to me in the best possible light of what I'm going to say, shades of Sandy and Malia's relationship. Well, I mean, we know that Sandy is invested in seeing females succeed in the industry. Mm -hmm. So she may grant more opportunities to Courtney to allow her to prove herself because it's hard in a male-dominated industry and the exterior of the boat is very much that. So if she gives a little bit more latitude or a little bit more opportunity to Courtney... I don't necessarily fault her for that as long as it doesn't turn into overt favoritism in situations where we see it's not deserved. Right. And I agree with you on that. Right now, though, it doesn't seem like that. Right now, it seems like encouragement and that she's proud of her and is excited to give her opportunities. As long as she doesn't do that exclusively for Courtney and she continues to do that with Z and Storm, which I've seen her complimenting both of them. She complimented Z on the slide. And again, I was wrong. My conspiracy theory was wrong. I admit it. (laughs) (laughs) But she also complimented Storm when she brought him in to teach him about watching the anchor to know when they're dragging, when they're not dragging. She seemed to have spread her teaching around. It's not stuck on one person this time. And maybe she just likes all three of them. It could be as simple as that, but I don't see the same thing like you were saying with the total favoritism just because Courtney's a female. I think she's been supportive pretty much across the board this season. Right. We haven't seen Sandy pick up the radio and rearrange all the crew rooms because Courtney wants to punk with someone. Yes. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah. I'm hopeful that Sandy learned her lesson on that one. Yeah, I do too. All right, so we have to bring them back up because we are at the dinner. Dave had said from jump, he wanted this to be a buffet. It's in around the world. He's got little, it's more than an amuse-bouche, right? I guess tastings, maybe? What would you call them? 
Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's a tasting menu, not a full on coursed out. It's all supposed to be coursed out anyway, but he kept referring to it as street food. So that means little bites to me. It's not full Mm -hmm. plates of anything. Right. And he was wanting to put it all out at once. And I didn't catch it on my first watch, but I did catch it on the rewatch that she knew that's what he wanted and that they were going to go around the table and say, this wine will go really well with this if you want to try this first and down the line. So there's no, oh, I didn't know what you meant by buffet. She was very clear on it because she had a plan going into it. But after they received the tuna tartare well and like the pairing, that's when she shifted. And she went down and gaslighting was in full form again and said, you know, the guests are really enjoying the pairing. They're really enjoying the experience. And he caved, which is on him, and said, do you want me to just send them out one at a time then? So he has to own a little responsibility in that because he could have stood firm. But I think because of what she had just done earlier that day with Sandy saying that he wasn't being cooperative, he didn't want to talk, that kind of thing that might've been in the back of his head. So he decided to go along to get along, but kind of almost shot himself in the foot doing that. I agree. I think You know, this is where we see a little bit of that professional compromise, Mm -hmm. you know, where he's probably just like, oh, I'm clearly not going to win this argument, even though I should Mm -hmm. in the way that this is going. I mean, she easily could have done a wine pairing anyway, but this, yeah, it just seemed like a mess. And then they screwed up the order too. Right. Mm Because he was trying to make sure that things weren't drying out, Mm -hmm. drying out or going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going off before they are at their peak and the guests receive that. Right. I don't, the chef pulls rank here and that's what he should have done. I was going to say, take me into chef Adrian's galley. What would have happened? You've got a chief stew. You've told her I'm doing street food. I'm doing it buffet style. She wants to make it a wine pairing. How does chef Adrian do it? Let's save the wine pairing for a different meal. Okay. And we'll work together to come up with a menu that makes sense because it doesn't even seem like they really talked about what those wine pairings would be. It seems like she had something in her mind mm-hmm. and applied it to what he was doing without a conversation, which is not what we've seen in the past. Okay. Well, I do know that it looked like the provisioner had all of the notes for her. <laughs> Did you see her going over those notes on the doc? Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know because there is some production value involved. We don't know how much they know, how much they don't know food-wise, what they're planning on doing ahead of time. But it does seem to me like in this instance, she knew absolutely what he wanted to do and did what she wanted to do anyway, because she felt rewarded when they liked the first pairing of the tuna tartare and the wine that she had chosen. Yeah. She just wants a pat on the back. I bet Mm -hmm. you they would have been perfectly fine with nothing but shots the entire time and it wouldn't have mattered. Agreed. And she even mentioned that at a point. Well, maybe I'll do some shot pairings when they were talking about it as a buffet. So this whole thing, I felt one of the alternative titles to We Want a Wine was Chef Sabotage. I really feel like she's screwing with him at this point on purpose, like to make him look bad. Fortunately, 
it backfired on her and she looked like the big dummy because he sent the sliders up next and she had given out the wine for the bow buns. So it made her look like she was off her game, which was a nice little bit of instant karma. But I do really feel like at this point, she's pushing it to make him look bad. I agree. I think her plan is to get him out of there so that she doesn't have to be the one to leave and ruin her opportunity on the show. Yeah, that will rank her up there with some of the most despised below deck cast members in my mind. If she makes that happen, I will be extremely frustrated. I'm not saying Dave is perfect. I've had people say, well, what Dave said is unacceptable. Of course it is. I'm not an idiot. Yes. What Dave said was unacceptable in those texts, but two people can be wrong in a situation and one person can actually be much more wrong and much more manipulative. I don't see him being manipulative. I see him trying to get along and every time he gets to a point where he's stable and doing well and doing right, she does something to undermine it. I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. I'm excited about our super fan this week Mm -hmm. yes so we'll get that rolled out on thursday and if any of you guys are interested in becoming super fans please feel free to hit us up at gangplankreport at gmail.com or on any of our social media we are at gangplankreport everywhere and thank you for listening thanks everybody bye bye Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.